Hello, what's going on? Reinforced Running Podcast. My name is Rich Ryan. I will be your host. Today, our guest is Aaron Newell. Aaron is kind of on his way back after having some injuries, some surgeries. We talk about that, and he's had some awesome results in the past couple of weeks, including a sixth place at Big Bear, and he's currently third overall in the Savage Series and had a win in that series as well. So he's really kind of rounding back into shape. So it was really interesting talking to him, hearing about what he's been up to and how he's navigated this comeback. And if you know anything about Aaron Newell, he is unabashedly himself at all times. Very open, very honest, very funny, but also uh, dropped some F-bombs. Probably a little bit more, probably more F-bombs than we're used to here in the Reinforced Running Podcast. So that's just your warning. So if you're driving around with the kids, just be warned. Aaron lets him fly, but that's why we love him. So here he is, Aaron Newell. Whoa, there's a countdown too. Oh yeah, wait. You're, what are you drinking? For the first time ever, I'm not drinking athletic. I mean, I will drink athletic now that we're recording. I expect you to always. Be, is that a huge ath- athletic? No, it's not an athletic, is it? No, that's <laughs> that's a, no, that's so, an actual. I was an idiot, and when I was in Ecuador, I did not order any athletic because I was in Ecuador and you can't get any there. So when I came back, I drank all my athletic. So I'm still out. So you're going non-athletic? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty non-athletic recently, <laughs> but, uh, um, but I'm forced to drink real beer. Ah, such a such a tough one. I, this is actually a spin drift. So yeah, I, even I, less I figured that out after I said something. <laughs> the, a- athletics are sweet because they just they look like a beer and they taste like a pretty good beer. Yeah, it's like, it does the trick. It really like makes me feel like i'm participating yeah well yeah i just drink them like water at this point but i think they're delicious it kind of like ruins real beer for me because when i drink real beer now i'm like that just tastes like alcohol (laughs) it's like i just have a headache now yeah it's like this doesn't taste good at all but i guess i'm gonna drink this it's a hoppy hour hero mosaic ipa so this is gonna put me on my ass saranac that's up by your neck neck of the woods too isn't it yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I live in Saranac Lake, so. Yeah. Oh, literally it is. Okay. Just went out the door. So, you mentioned being unathletic, non athletic, but you're not. You're back in shape, it seems like. Well, kind of. Apparently, I can run uphill, but not so good downhill. <laughs> oh, is that is that what was going on at Big Bear? I didn't catch the coverage at all. Were you on it? Uh, I don't know. I don't watch the coverage. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really catch it either. It, just was there, is there even coverage? It came out uh, like a week and a couple of days after the fact. So I still haven't caught it, but figured what happened for it all. So is that what it was just going down? Just didn't have practice. And it's, it's not <laughs> like the, so you were in the Rockies, you were in Colorado in, oh, in 2019, right? And yep. now you're back East coast where the trails are different. Like, yeah. You wait. Get that type of descending where you are. Oh, yeah. So actually, like the Adirondacks probably has more vert per, uh, I don't know, miles than, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah, than uh, pretty much anywhere else that you can find realistically, unless you're just going off trail, like it's the most rugged descending and ascending that you can find. But the problem was, is that I went to Ecuador when we still had snow on the ground. And 
apparently they're not so good at descending because I was just like, yeah, I'm the hottest shit here. I descend faster than everyone. This is great. These are mountain people and I'm descending super fast. <laughs> and then I came back to the U S and just got slapped in the face. So, so you had elevated confidence going into to big bear, but it's also not, there's not, it's not that rugged big bear, right? It's just steep. No. Yeah. It's just steep. It's not technical. Um, it's more just like, have you been running downhill fast? Not like, are you a great technical descender? And mm. I've just not been running downhill fast. So, yeah, yeah that's about um, it. Which also in third in the Savage Series. Wait, what? <laughs> You're third in the Savage Series as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a terrible race. <laughs> that was another coverage piece that I couldn't really tell. Like, did you just miss something? Uh, no, uh, yeah. basically not to keep knocking Sarah. I mean, she just locked her, both her keys in the car and I saved her. And then, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the night before Savage, Sarah let our indoor cat that was once upon a time, a feral cat outside. And then it disappeared into the night. <laughs> and oh, then I got no. a text at like 1030. I was like reading in the dark and like Kempson was in the room with me. So I had like had like my flashlight on my phone on and then it just happened to like as I was going to sleep I saw it Sarah was like I lost the cat it's never coming back it's definitely gonna <laughs> die and I was like god damn it motherfucker like there's nothing I can do I'm like so I'm 10 hours away and uh yeah so I was like okay it's gonna be okay but uh yeah so I spent the whole night being like fuck that cat is just out there and it's just hiding like 10 feet from the house and she can't find it. So I just stayed up the whole night and then I got to the venue and then like I don't know Sean was kind of being an asshole on the start line. So that kind of got me going too. So when when the race started I was like primed to just race like a total idiot and I just took off like a shot. Kind of kind of just like burned a match there and then just kept burning matches senselessly. <laughs> just and just never stopped. What yeah, do you like, like to go out? Just take I, them I like all, to, lay all of them in one. I, I I like to go out pretty fast and stupid yeah. most of the time, but uh, this time I was just like, "Fuck it, I'll just like stay in the front." Like I'm coming from Ecuador, I must be like super fit. Like last week was kind of a fluke in that I ran uphill great and downhill like shit. So like. I I should be fine, but it turns out 90 degrees, and I've been living in 60 degrees and 9,000 feet. So yeah, it, yeah, it, it was it was a recipe for disaster before the race even started. Did you find the cat? Yeah. So then I drove eight nine hours back to the house, got in at like 9:30 p.m. Immediately looked for the cat for like four hours, spread a bunch of fish all around the neighborhood in like more higher and higher concentrations closer to the house. And then mm. uh, the cat came back that morning. Huh. That's a good way to do like kind of like a funnel a fish funnel. Yeah. I, Is I that what you're supposed was, to do? No idea. I mean, I read a bunch of like, <laughs> it worked. I read a bunch of articles <laughs> about how to get your cat back. Um, I even played like kitten sounds in my neighbor's yard for like two hours, just sitting in the dark, like pitch black, 1 p.m. 1 a.m. and I'm just playing kitten meow sounds in their yard, and then like occasionally turning my headlamp on, being like, "Toad, are you out here? Toad, where are you?" That's amazing that it came back though. I mean, like cats are pretty self-sufficient, 
probably murdered yeah. some some birds. Well, that's the problem. Is like it, yeah. it it was a feral cat when it went to the shelter, and so the they even told us like don't let the cat out or else it's gonna just fucking disappear. It's so. gonna go back home. Yeah, it's gonna act, it's gonna know what to do. It doesn't depend well, on you as much. It's it's just gonna disappear. Yeah, I think it was just yeah. hunkered down and kind of scared, not moving. I'm sure. But, I'm yeah. sure. Well, either way, you're you're fairly fit. So, what do you, what have you been up to? I feel like uh, last time you were on the podcast, at least that was a while back now. But you were, uh, I feel like since then you've had like several surgeries. Like it seems like you're always having surgery. Oh, so it must have been pre pre surgeries. Uh, it was like right in the beginning of COVID, I think, or maybe it was oh, like before COVID. Yeah, it was like uh, a while ago. I must have been at my mom's house or something. Uh, yeah, you just come back from Colorado. You were kind of like in between, I think. Uh, yeah, still still freshly broken up. That's that. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So the surgeries, the background on the surgeries is I've actually had uh, fairly major hip surgery, two ankle surgeries on my left ankle, three ankle surgeries on my right ankle. And that's really about it for legs. But then this last year I had double compartment syndrome surgery in my both legs, which was kind of unfortunate timing because I was really, really, really fast when it finally hit me, which basically what did just that, feels like... Yeah, what did that feel like? It just feels like shin splints that gets progressively worse and worse and worse until I was pretty confident that I had like somehow fractured my tibia and I was like, oh, fuck it. Like anything... It, like any step could be my last and it's just going to like fold up under me. <laughs> like literally that's how bad it hurt. Like I put myself on crutches and I don't think I've ever done that. And I've like run on broken bones for literally like I ran on a broken ankle for six years. So it yeah, it's, it's, that's like your MO is to just be hurt and then just like keep <laughs> yeah. hurting. So with the compartment syndrome, what actually happens, right? It's like a blood flow restriction thing. Like something gets yeah. like, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but uh, it's basically the fascia that goes around your muscle in your legs, which kind of gives you like the the spring, like, and it it, it acts as like rebound basically. Um, but it, it wraps all the way around your calf muscle. Like you have multiple compartments within that fascia, and every now and again, one of them gets way too tight, and mm. basic basically your your muscles too big for the non-stretchy fascia that's around it and so the casing right yeah basically just like imagine multiple wires inside of a like sheath and like Mm -hmm. one of the wires is too big or something uh so so basically what they did was they cut my leg open from my ankle bone to my knee (laughs) and then what it's like that much yeah, so they cut that open on the inside, and then they cut the fascia open, the length of my ankle to my knee, and then they go in and they independently cut each or or, or the compartments that they think are giving me trouble. They cut those open from my ankle to my knee, and then they stick their fingers in there and they <laughs> peel away the fascia from the muscle so that it like takes away the pressure because basically like the fascia is grabbing onto the muscle. And so when they stick, stick whatever it is in there and peel away the fascia, um, they're like relieving the pressure. And then when it heals back together, which like it doesn't heal in like a solid sheath anymore, there's like a gaping hole in it. So like basically when I poke my leg where the surgery scars are, 
it's just skin and then bone. <laughs> There's nothing in between. <laughs> huh. It's like but maybe it's al- a, a millimeter of skin. <laughs> and it's almost immediate relief, right? Is it just feel better and you just got to heal from like the, you know, the cutting open of your skin? Kind of. I mean, it's like, a, it's fairly traumatic to the body in terms yeah. of like sheer amount of like uh, damage that happens to it just because like they're making multiple foot long cuts on top of peeling away something that wasn't meant to be peeled away. And then, so like if, if you just looked at sheer volume of things that got injured, it's, it's fairly large. It's probably like the size of a sheet of paper. So like, right. Like if you got in an accident and that was like yeah. a cut that you had, it'd be a really bad accident that you got in. Yeah. So compartment syndrome is actually typically acute. So it's like usually car accidents um, mm. when somebody breaks a bone and a bone is like pressing on a, a muscle and it like gets inflamed and then there's too much inflammation, you can like lose the leg. And so that's what they kept telling me is that's how they justified it to the insurance agency, why they did it. So, well, first they dragged their feet. And then once I finally got my insurance in order, then they were like, it's an emergency. He could lose his legs. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is, is that not covered? Because that's one of those things. I feel like that type of procedure, especially for like a runner, I mean, it's something that can happen. Doesn't It's not super common, right? It's not like shin splints or like a stress fracture, but like, is it hard for your insurance to justify doing it because they don't believe that it's something that you're dealing with? Uh, it was just hard to find a doctor who took my, well, I had just, I, I'd, I've never, ever, ever had like state sponsored Medicaid or Medicare or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once this happened, I was like, fuck, I guess I should probably get insurance. Need to get some. I, just, I just happened to not be making any money and I've never cashed in on unemployment or anything. So, uh, yeah. And the, I, I got the insurance they told me to get is the short story. And then it wasn't it. And then it took a long time to switch. That's why it took so long for me to get that surgery. It took like oh. two, months, two months of me like on crutches, not on crutches, on crutches, not on crutches, thinking my leg was broken and it wasn't. But So you didn't even actually know because there's, te- there's a separate test, right? Yeah, that's so painful. They basically take, <laughs> a, they take a turkey baster. It's a, it's effectively like a, I don't know, like the meat thermometer size thing. Like that's the thickness ah. of the needle. And they stick it into your muscle without any pain numbing. And they, they measure the pressure and they do that eight times on each leg. And then you, and then they had me go run and then come back and do it eight more times. And like every time it's going in like one to three inches into your leg, like it's fucking brutal. It's It's such a barbaric test. And when they got done, they were like, yeah, we think that's it. Like, can't be sure. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> you can't, you're a doctor, just be sure. It's going to be like, it's one of those things looking back where they put like leeches on people to try to yeah. take blood out. It's going to be like one of those procedures. Like, like it's, it's going to have nothing to do with the actual solution. Like they just happened yeah. to get the, like something right. But the way of getting there was totally wrong. It's like a t- sticking a thing that checks tire pressure into your legs. Because when you, <laughs> when you run, right, it's the blood flow that causes the pressure in there, right? Like it hurts yeah. worse. When, More or less. Would it hurt it, when you bike and stuff? Not as much. It was mostly just like pounding. I don't really uh. know why. Like, I think it's just because 
you're like stretching the fascia a little bit more or something. Uh-huh. And like, because it, because it was already under stress, it was then under a lot of stress. Yeah, that makes sense. So, and so the recovery from that, how long, how long? Uh, I mean, I couldn't really run. That was probably in April. I couldn't really run May, June, July. I started just last year, right? Yeah. I started around a little bit in August and I think I did like a race and then I did OCRWC. I did, I did like the Canadian series and then OCRWC and like basically every time I would be like close, but like not so good. And like the downhill running was kind of bad. Cause like I just had my legs fucking sliced in half. Like it, <laughs> it, it, it like, like getting your legs cut like that, it moved a lot of things that shouldn't be moved. Like the releasing of pressure that in a normal human body doesn't get released. Like I had one of my nerves ended up on the outside of my ankle bone And so like every now and again, like a stick would kick up like the tiniest little stick, like think of like your pinky, like that would come up and like just tap my ankle bone. And I would think that I just broke my ankle in half. So like, (laughs) it's like a bunch of weird things that come along with it, but they're mostly gone. So, and I'm sure like it takes a while just for your brain to understand that your body isn't completely messed up. Yeah. And that like, you can actually run, like I was doing a lot of track workouts, which was kind of funny. Cause like I would run with Atkins and we'd like do a track workout and he'd not drop me and I'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm fit. And then I'd go race and it's totally different. Like it's pretty hard to like convince yourself to like jump off the top of a wall when Mm -hmm. you just are like, well, maybe my legs can't take that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. OCR is probably not ideal for coming back from that type of injury. No, um, but you came back pretty quick. It yeah, I came like, back just... pretty quick, and then I was like, I was like fit, but like not very super fit. And like I don't, I've I've always seemed to like be able to retain like a decent amount of power, um, regardless. And so I could like start races fast. It's just uh, I just fall apart in random just, places. Just keep pushing it until it all all sticks. Yeah, until it race. all clicks. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then. I was like, I could go to Abu Dhabi. I could not go to Abu Dhabi. And then uh, I've had this like long-term elbow thing. Like since I was 19, I tripped roller skiing and my ulnar, both ulnar nerves popped out of their little track they're supposed to be in. And would you fall backwards? No, I, I literally just like tripped on a crack roller skiing, planted both poles in front of me and didn't fall or anything was still standing. And just happened to put pressure in the right way that blew out mm. both ulnar nerves. And so it, for the past decade, it's if I did any skiing or any swimming or like dips or push-ups, it felt like my elbow was basically being sawn in half. Hmm. Um, just like the bend, the bending. Yeah. Like- so it's the same nerve as your funny bone. Um, yeah. And anytime I like pressed down. Ah, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and then uh, same, same doctor, ba- basically it's like an exclusively Nordic skiing injury and like nobody, like there's maybe 10 people in the world who could maybe do that surgery. And one of them just happens to live in Lake Placid and he's the guy who did my leg surgery. So I just said, can you do it tomorrow? And he laughed at me and then he was like, okay, I'll do it Monday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, then I got double elbow surgery. 
and that was fun. <laughs> was that a recover? Was that a long recovery, or is it just like? It was um, actually super quick. So I was in a cast with my elbows at ninety degrees for two weeks, and for the first couple of days, couldn't like put anything in my mouth because ninety degrees gets you not quite to your mouth, and <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> So I, I eventually figured out how to kind of eat with the casts on and sort of wipe my butt. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was also like trying to like run at the mountain with like 10 pounds of cast on each arm and was like waddling up the hills and like trying not to jiggle them because it hurt a lot. Um, but yeah, that only took like a month to like sort of recover. And then I got offered a ski instructor job at the Olympic Center here. And was like, well, I should probably come in and see if I can actually ski because I haven't in 10 years. And the only, the only reason they know me is because I was state champ in high school for skiing. And, for uh, uh, cross-country skiing? Yeah, for Nordic skiing, for skiing oh, nice. classic. And uh, so, and I was like, well, fuck it. My OCR prospects aren't so good right now. <laughs> so right. I might as well get a job. Um, yeah, yeah things, so that's, it... that's what I did all winter. <laughs> And that wasn't even that long ago. So like, so that was that winter leading up to right, right now. Yeah. That was six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. So really not that far off of all these surgeries. No. So you're coming back, man. Do you think yeah. it's cause like you're, you're generally a pretty high volume athlete. Like when you're healthy, you're just kind of like, they'll just yeah. go and do work. Do you feel like you bounce back pretty well just cause of like this massive base that you've had and like, and you've been doing it for a long time now. Like how long have you been like, an endurance athlete since you were like a kid, right? Um, I would say I've been like a serious athlete from since I like turned probably 14. Yeah. It was just like a, a mixture of factors that made it so that I just forced myself to train for like four to five hours every day. <laughs> for, for since the beginning, <laughs> since I was 14. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, it wasn't like I was consciously being like, I have to train a lot. I was just like, home sucks. I don't want to be there. Um, so I'm going to like run in the morning and then I'm going to go to practice and then I'm going to bike to the climbing gym and then I'm going to go to climbing practice and then I'm going to climb some more and then I'm going to bike home and then I'm going to do some of my homework and I'm going to do all of that again the next day. For and because of that, <laughs> now you can bounce, now you can bounce back from injury really fast. So that's great. Yeah. But that's also probably why I got injured so much. So it's, it's <laughs> yeah, 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 it is. <laughs> So what's that gonna what's that gonna be like for you going forward? Are you gonna kind of get back to the same style of training, or is that change anything after dealing with? I mean, the compartment syndrome. What did they just? What did they say that was it just from doing too much, or did you fall? Or um, no, it it's it's likely a mixture of like genetic bad. Like I just have shit genetics when it comes to like having correctly placed joints and stuff mm. and like nerves mm. like that's why everything's so fucked like i have cankles for sure and like they <laughs> like things just don't fit together right um and like if if i go see a pt they're like oh you you have hypermobility here's five tests that shows you and i'm like yeah i know like everyone's told me that that's not really a concrete answer that's just like a catch-all for having shitty joints i guess you're just telling like, me facts yeah yeah i'm like whatever <laughs> so what but uh um, no it doesn't really change much i don't think training wise like i'll just yeah if stuff doesn't hurt i mean right now my foot hurts for no apparent reason so i guess i'll ride the bike some 
but that does lead me to my new job. That's interesting. Yeah. And related. so ski, so ski season is over. So ski season is over. I apparently pissed off the right people and nearly got fired. Um, <laughs> for doing a really good job, actually for being like, Hey, like this is a toxic work environment because of this person. And they were like, no, it's not. And then they did like a formal investigation and they were like, he's never coming back. Um, and then they offered me basically kind kind of a dream job, even though I'm not getting paid dream job wage. But, uh, right now, uh, my job is to go learn all of the trails because nobody knows all of the trails and, (laughs) and basically wander around and like, clean up whatever trails I want, cut whatever trails I want, make whatever trails I want. And then uh, I actually got them the Spartan or basically Spartan contacted me and asked me where I thought they could put on a race up here because Joe demanded that they put on a race up here. And my initial thought was get fucked. Yeah. And then, (laughs) (laughs) and then I, and then I was like, well, like, Fuck it. If you're going to put on a race up here, like it might as well be the best race it can be and I'll help. But, um, Spartan, Spartan trail luckily is like somewhat different from the OCR side of things. Got KBB so, to work with. That could be your yeah, guy exactly. on the inside. He, he's, he's the one who talked to me. And then Johnny Wade actually got a hold of me after I kind of told Chris, like, here's where you want to go, but I'm not going to help you. And then Johnny asked me to help. And I was like, fine, but you have to like, do some things for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was got let, let's get back to the Spartan thing, but I want to talk about like the, the so for the job, you just oh, so you just so, go what do you do? Like you just go there every day? A, yeah, it started a few days ago. So I was like, well, I want my friend Dan, who was on the same page as me all winter, to like do this with me. And they were like, done. Just make sure he wants to work here. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then uh we basically just showed up, started doing work that like whatever we thought was work. And this is like a state operated Olympic facility. And we've just been kind of operating on our own since the start of this week. So it's been like five, four or five days of us just walking around. Running oh, you just trails, started. Yeah. Yeah. Biking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it's, it's kind of crazy because like the guy, who's been on the same page as us this whole winter is our only boss. So, and he's just like, go do whatever you think is best. We're like, okay, like this makes sense. We're hyper productive and our job is to go be really outdoorsy for eight hours a day. Yeah. I feel like this is probably like the only job that you can can have. Pretty much. I mean, I'm (laughs) I'm pretty uneducated and (laughs) You can, you can, you you can build vans though. I can can, build vans. I can rock climb guide. Uh, I guess I'm educated there. Um, I'm a a professional climbing guide. If anyone needs that mountain smart. The, uh, so like, are you going to like make maps? Are you going out there and like tracking what you're doing? Yeah. So the past week has literally just been like making maps for the Spartan courses, which are actually going to be sick. Um, That's your first project is Spartan. Yeah, they don't even have the maps yet. I have the maps. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they're like so far, it's just been like 
figuring out where things are going to go, like rediscovering single tracks that nobody's touched in 30 years that aren't on mm. maps, like literally tracking down leads by somebody who's like, Hey, yeah, I saw like a deer track, like through the trail. It's at the top of the bobsled, but like go 50 feet to the right. And then like, look for this weird tree. And you're like up there and you're like, where the fuck is it? And then you're like, oh my God, there it is. And you're like, <laughs> and then you like come back and rake it. And you're like, this thing's sick. So you're like treasure know, hunting. Pretty, yeah, pretty much. And then we kind of got the okay to just like cut trails as long as we don't ask. Then they existed before. And they're so. already done. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, so, so I, I live in Colorado now. I live in, in Denver. Um, and I, I, I think about these, how the trails got there a lot. I'm like, there's so many yeah. trails here and, and they're eventually someone came across the mountain range and it was just a mountain range. And then people had the idea to kind of cut these trails or, or whatever. So what is that like process like? And like, how do they get there in the first place? Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, so like Adirondack trails are really weird because they're, like the mountains here are super steep and the first people to cut them like had pretty much no idea how to build trails. Like they were cut. And were, they, when were, were they doing it Adirondack trails, trails cut? Uh, they were just cutting trails to like get to the top of mountains. To so, like, get through easiest... it. Right. Yeah. Sarah says like late 1800s, but uh, um, basically it was to like, get to the top of a mountain. So the shortest way here to get to the top of a mountain is to find a stream, go up the stream bed till that runs out and then just cut straight up the hill. And huh. pretty much that's what we've had for trails is just like eroded stream beds, mm. which is why it's such great, horrible running. And it's mm -hmm. just like straight up a mountain, straight down a mountain. It's super fucking <laughs> steep. Like we have a lot of like 50% grades that go on for a long time that are just like, grab a root, grab a rock, grab a root, grab a rock. And I guess um, if you're that but, person but cutting it in the first place, like you're just going to keep going. You're, yeah, you're not going to start. The, the, the process of like cutting new trails in modern times is like making them fun for most people to do stuff on. And like the stuff at the Olympic Center is going to have to be like multi-use and probably – mountain bikeable for a lot of it mm -hmm. so, yeah and so, and sarah says sustainable but i don't know so much about that but first fun fun first yeah sustainable fun, first cut it then figure out how to make it last 100 years right so <laughs> so that's gonna that's gonna be kind of your idea then is what is how to make these enjoyable just from your experience and just from like wanting uh, to run them yourself yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, like so, like right now they have a hand, like a couple miles of, like probably, I don't know, eight miles of hiking slash mountain bike trails, but they have 35 miles of like wide open ski trail. Hmm. And so, and then they have like a bunch of secret trails that like may or may not be allowed to stay. So, hmm. I don't know. It's, it's a weird bureaucratic thing that maybe we can duck under the radar with as long as we just tell people they're there, put them on a map and then maybe they get grandfathered in. Yeah. 
So with the Spartan thing, I'm surprised. I am surprised that you even answered that phone call. I didn't like is like that you have contacts. Do you talk with Spartan much now, or are you just kind of like? Oh yeah, I could call Watson right now. Like that's not hard. But it's just yeah. whether or not like they're in a like feeling like answering. Like when Watson wants something from me, he calls me, and then when mm. he doesn't want to talk to me, he just doesn't answer for months on end. Like that's how mm. Spartan operates now. It's pretty annoying. Um, that's how they operate in general. They're like, Hey, we need you to like, come do this photo shoot. And then you're like, Hey, I need to get paid for that photo shoot I did six months ago. And they're like crickets. Mm. So <laughs> like, they're very responsive when they need to be. Are you, are you on the pro team still? No, I'm not on the pro team. I wasn't on the pro team last year, but they kept saying I was. You weren't? Oh, you just didn't sign the contract? No, there was no contract last year. <laughs> they oh, just they right. just kept telling everyone that everyone who was on the pro team last year is on it this year. And I was like, that's not how it works. Like it's a contract on a yearly basis. You can't just right. sit like you can't just continue to use people's names and likeness for like infinite years. But there was also not that many races last year, right? It was like they weren't sure like what was going to happen. And twenty twenty yeah. was basically a wash, so they just yeah. like didn't want to redo anything. So it's like anybody who wants to be on it can be on it. And even if you don't want to be on it, you're still on it. <laughs> you're on it. Um, so, what's your take on like basically the, the state of OCR? Like not Spartan withstanding, right? Like you know, I think that people know enough about you know, how Spartan kind of treats treats the athletes and, you know, maybe, uh, the financial state. I mean, there's different stories and, and we, we can't know for sure. Right. But just in general, like if, like, how do you see the health of the sport right now? I mean, I think, uh, eh, I, I honestly don't think OCR in the U S is doing very well right now in general, like mm. on a local level or on a like mass, whatever you want to call it, Spartan, Savage, Tough Mudder scale um savage is like doing okay from like a business ethics and somewhat from a participation they're like down a little bit in numbers but like when i went to big bear i was like this is not a normal size spartan race despite ev everyone who worked there insisting that it was the same numbers i was like this is terrible like it's just like shitty spartan branding on everything and no uh, like nothing else. I don't know. It's just Spartan so, marketing Spartan. They just keep dumping sponsors. I know that's always, that's always going to be how it is with them. It's like just the, the constant. Yeah, but at some point churn. they're going to run out. Like there's only so many big name sponsors. Like they lost Reebok. Now they have craft. Like what's next car who like how far down the line do you go? Yeah. And I guess it's like, like, and, and, and who's to blame for, like, is it that the sponsor didn't see any type of return from a sponsorship with Spartan or is it that they just kind of weren't what, like that helpful to work with? And like, you've dealt with some sponsorship stuff. Like, do you feel that from sponsors? Are they asking, are they like looking for a direct return? Are they feeling the return that you, that you like can deliver uh, for them? Per pretty much everyone. I think it's like pretty universal, at least in OCR, the, the, the people who have tried to partner with companies who want like very quick return, uh, that partnership dissolves very quickly. Yeah. Um, like with pretty much everyone. Um, cause like it just, 
there there's no media in the sport anymore. Like you can't just be like, oh yeah, there it is on TV. There's that logo. There's no TV. There's no live mm-hmm. coverage. There's no <laughs> there's there's no like like even like the Spartan race Instagram, which used to be like for the pro races, is now just more marketing. It's not like race coverage. So, it, like I think coverage is down. Me, like marketing is down, sponsors are down, participation's down. I think the quality of obstacles is like really down. I think for whatever reason, everyone feels obligated to make the same race every single time. I don't get it. Well, what and about Savage, Savage right? Yeah, Savage has tried, and I, I think they do pretty well, but I think they're like shying away from hard obstacles and trying to get spartan like when i went to palmerton last year they had like a seven foot lache to the bell Uh, and and it was like jump to a rope to a cheese board to a cargo net to a two by four to a lache (laughs) and i was like this is awesome but like no one could do it (laughs) yeah yeah so like i i went into it in third came out in second and I fell off of it once, and I, but I was like, this is awesome. I've never fallen off an obstacle. This is amazing. And, uh, like, I was stoked. But this, the standard for obstacle racers in the U.S. is not training for obstacles. It's yeah. we run and then merely survive obstacles, whereas in Europe, it's the total opposite. Like, they don't care what they're running on because the obstacles are so hard. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, fuck it, give us five leches in a row. I would love to find, like, a middle ground that's just, like, cool mountain course and obstacles. And the only one that does that is OCRWC. But even last year, they just did a bunch of rings. Like everything turned into rings that you can't fall off of. So mm-hmm. yeah, like the ricochet deal or whatever. It was like, yeah, just like kind of diagonal ricochet, rings. Canyon, the other thing mm-hmm. that just goes up and down, everything just became mm-hmm. rings. Valkyrie, they, I think. Yeah. So that was, that was too bad. So but what do you hope- like? Yeah. So what do you think that, because I guess just from an intuitive sense and just from, you know, the turn, turnover from sponsors, cause that, that is a thing, right? If someone's looking for a quick return, there's no real media that the Instagram, the social media following is probably pretty small for even like the highest, the biggest celebrities that we have in OCR, just in terms of yeah. actual followings from like a sponsorship standpoint, they're probably looking at it like, all right, this person has 30,000, this person over here has 300,000 and they could, they could just like, they'll get more eyeballs on it, even though that they don't really perform or do anything, or they're just exist with a bunch of eyeballs. Um, so yeah, understand that, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's weird. Cause like I've lived in a bunch of like fairly high level mountain towns. Like I lived in like Gunnison and then Missoula and then uh, Bend, Oregon and then Flagstaff and then Boulder, Colorado. And it's like, there's so many, like, I don't know, let's say two twelve marathoners out there who have like, I don't know, no sponsorship or maybe they get free shoes. And mm-hmm. then you look at OCR and you're like, Oh my God, everyone is sponsored. And then you kind of, you kind of come to the realization that like, Oh, that person's an ambassador and they have a 10% off code. <laughs> and so it, it, there's like a weird, weird thing in OCR that it's like cool to be sponsored. Whereas I don't know. I think if I wasn't doing obstacle racing, I would have noticed or like if I wasn't doing well, I'd have no desire to even call myself sponsored. Like that's not, 
like a notch on your belt, like being sponsored. That's just mm-hmm. like, that's a thing. That's not like, that's not validation of being good at anything. That was one thing that when I first started getting the OCR that everyone was some sort of brand ambassador and it like, those are terrible deals. Oh, being a brand awful. ambassador sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I did like it like one time and I was like, yourself. I was like, this is horrible. Like, like it was for some apparel that wasn't even good that they gave me a bunch of. And I was like, this sucks. And now I feel like I have to wear this because I feel like indebted to them. Yeah. But I'm not because they're not doing anything for me. I mean, but I, I like, felt that way too. Yeah. They're like, I don't know. There's this weird thing in OCR. It's like sort of trickling into trail running where like you're validated by having sponsorships and it doesn't make any sense to me. Like you're like, let's say you're a 45 year old who has a, full-time job and you make $150,000 a year, do you really need to spend like (laughs) 200 hours a year, like making Instagram content and then another 600 hours a year leafing through Instagram, feeling validated for like, for like what, four pairs of shoes or like a handful of t-shirts, like get a life. I don't know. (laughs) And it's, that's, that's almost like a society issue, right? It's like what social media is kind of like doing to our yeah. brains. It's like, you know, clickbait, but in real life. Yeah. So how do you, how do you, how do you manage the social media aspect? Because I'm sure you're asked to do some stuff. Like, uh, no, I mean, luckily athletic doesn't really want me to like, they basically don't want me to do anything I don't want to do. They want you and, to keep quiet. Yeah. And VJ is like, if you like a certain shoe, tell people and I'm like, cool can do do that anyway and like i know pretty much every shoe on the market so i talk to all sorts of people about all sorts of shoes and when they're like hey i want a shoe that sticks to things really well and is really great for running uphill and downhill i'm like boy oh boy do i have the shoe for you (laughs) (laughs) just so happens i know the shoe yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so that is nice actually. Cause I mean, that's really what they're looking at, right? It's like what, what kind of numbers you can kind of put through. Yeah. But if somebody like, even if like a nutrition company that I was to like was to be like, Hey, we want to give you product uh, and all you need to do is like post this thing. I'd be like, well, I really like you. So I'll probably like post once, but like, if you want this to go on for a long time, you're going to have to pay me so that this right. is mutually beneficial. Cause I can go get sugar water pretty much anywhere. Like, <laughs> that's, that's a thing with every supplement that comes out. I'm always like, well, this is just food packaged yeah. differently. <laughs> it's just still food. Like if it's really tasty, that's great. I'll maybe post about it once. But like, if it's like not good and you want me to post about it, and you're not paying me anything. Like if if you pay me enough, I will promote something. Sure, fine. <laughs> Fuck it. Right. I'll I'll promote a shock energy for ten thousand um, dollars. But I'm not like if a shock energy offers to send me a case, which they did, and I tried it and I ha- immediately had heart palpitations. Uh, I'm not going to promote it. (laughs) (laughs) Is that stuff not just like bang? Like, is it not just a bang energy drink, a rain energy drink? Isn't it? Dude, it's insane. It's zero (laughs) calories and 200 milligrams of caffeine. It's absurd. (laughs) Those things are wild. Um, so what do you got? got, Are you doing, um, Ohio next? What's your next race? Uh, I was 
right before Sarah locked all her keys in her car, uh, I was in the midst of clicking cancel on my trip to Mexico. Um, uh, so I, I have yet to hit cancel fully. Um, unless Just you go. can convince me to go. You should um, go. Mostly because uh, I don't, I'm not doing well enough in the standings. I got sixth in Big Bear. And like, let's say, I mean, Atkins is leading the standings. Then it's Lars. But, then it's VJ. What's the oh, butt? Okay. Atkins got sixth and slow. Yeah, but that doesn't matter because the next three are mountain courses. You could win. Yeah, <laughs> I could win. But it's unlikely because the next two are at altitude and Ohio, or Mexico City is at 9,200 feet and higher. Um, I heard it. I heard it's not very mountainous either. I heard it's just high, and it's like yeah. two thousand feet of gain. Is what I heard. It's high and on rolling hills. Like I've stared at maps. I've poured over maps about it, and I'm like, they can't fucking find vert here. It's not possible, and it's like not technical either. Um, I was acclimated to ninety two hundred feet. I'm no longer acclimated to ninety two hundred feet. Um, well, who is? Who's who? Like Josiah is acclimated to seventy two hundred feet. Um, like, yeah. VJ is up at he's at he's at seven yeah Johnny, so he'll probably if go. Johnny was to go which he won't go I don't think uh, he's actually he lives on Magnolia that's seventy five hundred feet yeah um, but like it doesn't matter like Lars is a really good flat runner Josiah is pretty darn good Atkins is good um, so third even if I was to get third place in the series that's three thousand dollars. And that, like, if, if if I got third at all of those races, that's a thousand bucks at each race, and I'd have to go to three more races to make six grand, and that's if everything went perfectly. Yeah, you figure people aren't not everyone's going to travel to Mexico, right? No, I, don't know I, if Lars I think would. it'll be like dwindling numbers. I mean, honestly, like like I said, every Spartan race now feels the same, which means that the way races finish. It's pretty much the same. Like the obstacles don't stop anyone. Yeah, the the ninety two hundred is going to be a wrinkle because like yes. Big Bear was a different different result than slow because yeah. there are different courses. Um, so this will be interesting. Yeah. This, this sounds like it's slow, but oh, slow is way flatter than I thought it was going to be. I thought that was going to be at least a thousand feet or something. Did you race it? No, I'm just spectating. Oh, you should have raced it, dude. I, I should have raced it. Clean clocks. Jesus. That's the only one I should have ever raced, I know. And like a dry environment, obstacles aren't hard. But I'm, uh, I'm sure you've heard it far too much, but like you're 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 the guy that just keeps fucking up racing in OCR <laughs> who has the most amount of potential. People are like, Mark Battress is so fast and VJ's so fast, and I'm like, have you seen Rich Ryan on that one run that he did when nobody was looking? And yeah, like, with the like, like or any other run, I'm like, look at look at this other race. I don't know. I'm I'm a big fan of Strava, so yeah. I pay attention. I appreciate it. Um, but yes, that was the thing. That was part of like it's just like I didn't have enough. I wasn't very good at obstacles, but I also wasn't great at terrain stuff. I lived like in a city for a long time. I still do. Yeah. But now I have some trail access race, so I just like <laughs> I like I can run fast on flats. But, well, but also, like, you're not super incentivized to do OCR, at least financially, anymore, no. because there's fucking money in high rocks, and there's, like, yeah. it's not hard to get. 
I'm, I'm, I'll, I'd win. I'd win way more. And I mean, like, and this, the money in Spartan is still pretty good. For, like, I'm it's, sure trail runners are like, what the fuck? Well, so <laughs> it's really good if you finish in the top two, and then once yeah. you don't finish in the top two, it's really bad. I wish they would have uh, like made that different in the series this year because they put more money in it, but it's so top loaded that like, okay, the whoever got tenth instead of one hundred dollars, they yeah. get. $200 this year. <laughs> like, like, I guess oh, that's doubling, but. Well, uh, when I did the Solomon Golden Trail World Championships, they did, mm-hmm. it was like, I'm, I'm trying to remember the numbers, but it, let's say it was 10,000 for first. It was 9,000 for second to fifth. And it was mm. maybe 6,000 for sixth to 10th. And like 3,000 for. Like it, it, it just like kept the numbers high because they were like, well, you came here and you had to pay to be here. Although at that mm-hmm. race, you didn't, they just flew you there. It was great. Um, <laughs> that must have like, been wild. What, what was that like being with those, that level of like trail athlete compared it, to an OCR? Athlete? It was comical. So like beforehand, me and Atkins were talking and we were like, yeah, like if we do really well, we can probably crack the top 10. We got there and immediately changed those expectations. <laughs> Just like looking it, at people. It's like, <laughs> like as soon as the gun went off, we were like, oh yeah, oh yeah, these guys are going to fuck it up. And then like by the end of the day, we were just like, oh God, even if they like royally fuck it up, like it's not even going to come close. Like they go uphill so fast and then like on flat ground, they're just so much faster. Hmm. How'd you and hang then, like, with the, on the descents? I know you had, you, you, hurt, you got kind of hurt, right? Yeah, I got hurt at Spartan Games uh, doing the like, oh, rope wrestling. thing. No, the wrestling <laughs> was fine. Dude, I did great at the wrestling. Everyone did doesn't you, remember. I remember I, you, you went for a flying, I think you had a strategy. You like, went for like a flying headlock on somebody at one point, I think. You were doing like, you were jumping. You were airborne on somebody. Oh, that was with Grant, yeah. That was coordinated. <laughs> I, I was like, you're going to beat me, so ma- let's make it good. Um, no, dude, I beat the Air Force Spec Ops guy, Matt. Oh, did you? Yeah. And then I, I, do and for, then, I did forget. And then I almost beat Herman. I think I did beat Herman, just the wrestling guy didn't like me because I told him that wrestling was stupid and that we should have mouse guards. I think, yeah, I don't think a lot of – it seems like most people weren't on your team from the corporate setting at that event. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. (laughs) And you didn't get invited back. (laughs) No, that's because Yancey was like telling, like he, he was telling Hunter what all the events were beforehand, like weeks beforehand. And then he was changing them on the fly so that Hunter could catch up in points. So yeah, I was not a one or second in the first one or second one. The first Spartan Games. I have no idea. Yeah. I haven't watched this either Spartan Games, but um, I'm, I'm really out of the Spartan media loop or just the obstacle media loop in general. So you hurt yourself on tug of war, but then it, oh, this like, is going back a long time. <laughs> oh, sorry, Azores. So Azores. I ran like shit. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to talk about the Spartan Games. Let's talk about the that the Azores. That that looks wild. Was that the first run that you hurt yourself on or were you able to see how you could descend on descend with them? No, I mean, I couldn't descend with them anyway. They're, they're quite a bit better than me. Um, No, I, I like fell immediately. Like Johnny got in front of me and I was like, maybe I can hang with him. And then I ate shit real bad. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Cause we like descended off the caldera of the volcano, like immediately into like 
giant tufts of grass and they just like gave way all the time. Hmm. And then I just ate shit. Like right, what is, right what onto is, my fucked up hip. What do those, those trail runners have that like we might not see in OCR, right? Like, cause in, in OCR it's like everyone's, I don't know. The athletes are interesting, right? Like we talked about like flat runners, like people aren't that fast, flat, like, it seems like people can climb okay and descend okay, but like those type of athletes that you see at the Golden Trail, they're on a, like kind of a different level. Like, is it like how much different are they than the highest level of mountain runner in a Spartan race? Uh, I mean, the the gap is closing every year between like the top end OCR racers and the top end Spartan racers, I think. Um, but it mostly just comes down to weight. I think even though Atkins yeah. hates hearing that he's a big boy, he's a big boy compared to somebody else who's five foot 10 and 130 pounds. Those dudes like, are pretty small. That's an extra like, 35 pounds. Like, so it's it, basically it, taking, right. It's basically taking like a road marathoner who's who does that, that two twelve marathoner, the two ten marathoner, and they're just running trails now. Yeah. But, and, and they can go uphill really fast and like, maybe some of us can go downhill faster. Sometimes, I mean, like I would say when I'm like in shape running downhill fast, I can run technical downhills pretty darn fast compared to most trail runners, but like it gets lost once they put us on a flat road or a flat anything and it gets lost at some point going uphill (laughs) and, and, and when like we have to run uphill harder that kills the downhill legs, like, yeah, you just like can't match it but i don't know atkins and Lindsay do a really good job of doing both i mean Lindsay has definitely closed the gap for sure but that's i think more due to the fact that she doesn't need to train for ocr anymore because it's so easy in the u.s way better than everybody well yeah she's way better than everybody but like look at emma she like can't do obstacles at all but almost outran her (laughs) no I know. Yeah. Emma's going to be like, I mean, that's that was something I thought to was like, would Emma be awesome at these sky races? She probably yeah, would. Right. Totally. Yeah. Um, she's a good runner. She's maybe not like the best descender, but like she could pick that up. Um, but like, yeah, she's doing great in OCR right now because it's running and the like most comically like Spartan has created an empire of the easiest obstacle race we've ever seen. <laughs> Like, like, am am I wrong? Like, like I could find any sixth grader who could do twister. Like it's not hard. (laughs) No, it's not. It's it's maybe like the first time through, if you haven't done it, you're looking at it like, Oh, I'm not exactly sure what this is, what this is for just like most people. But like at this point, isn't it for the open waivers? Like the people who do one or two a year and they look at it and it is kind of challenging. And it's like, and I think their whole thing is like, it'll force that person to go to the gym to get better at pull-ups for the next year that it comes for the next, what's the Spartan race going to be called that you're going to do? Which one? The, I don't know. The one that you're like, Oh, on the, board the for. trail. No, no, it's not a Spartan. It's just race. trail it's trail. Yeah. It's going to be oh. a 10 K a half marathon and a 50 K. But I did tell them that like, it's the perfect venue for the world championships. Um, it's got, they have like 28 wired in timing points and HD video. Cause, cause huh. it's like a, it's, it's where the Olympics, Olympics were held. Yeah. Um, on, like on the same exact course, but we have updated, uh, like we, we can host like the biggest ski race in the world because it's regulated trails. 
Yeah, having a sea level, I guess, well, Abu Dhabi sea level, but like yeah, sand but a sea is level so course <laughs> on a place that like the best obstacle race or the the best American style obstacle racers are. <laughs> right. Like right. we we can't call it a real obstacle race because there's no real obstacles. <laughs> American American style is is the. American style is a handful of hay bales. It's just steeplechase. <laughs> yeah, I'm for it. Um, and shit, what were we just talking about? I don't know. Why did we shift to there? Dude, but it's going to be sick. Circle back to that. Uh, I was just literally just went to the, the the market on my way home and bumped into the guy who's supposed to be in charge of me. And he was like, have you talked to them about just running down the bobsled track. I was like, yeah, yeah, right next to it. And he was like, no, no, inside of the bobsled track. <laughs> and I was like, uh, you mean like the one that's like currently in use? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, no. And he's like, oh, you should do that. That'd be sick. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And I already have us like running around the like biathlon berm from the 1980 Olympics and like down in front of it and through the fi- through the shooting range. So I think it's going to be really cool, but. So we should, when is that going to be? Any idea? Is that like next uh, that's October, two seasons from now? No, it's October 15th. <laughs> it's going to be this year? Yeah. The, uh, I, I, I got them to, to fast track it because they, <laughs> they were like, oh, there's no way Spartan can get their shit together. And I was like, fire ready aim is like the yeah. only thing they've been <laughs> straightforward about. <laughs> they will just do stuff yeah yeah putting stuff on the map and then figuring out where it is (laughs) um okay so mexico you're 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 might you're gonna do mexico no just i don't want to i really don't and then utah is pretty pointless too because that costs a shitload to get to you for us and it costs a shitload to be there and it's at altitude again and it's a fucking service roads there's no real running anymore you did well at big bear like if you did a well, Big Bear, do you yeah, think the volume, no, dude? I'll lose money if I get third. That's what that's what I'm saying. Is like there's no point anymore to going to these races unless you're top two. And like, if you don't live at altitude yeah. or your last name is Atkins, there's no point in going unless you are a hundred percent sure you're in amazing shape. And I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm in amazing shape. You don't, yeah. Well, that I mean, that's ultimately it, right? It's like how well do you think you could do, and like, do you think you do better in a longer race right now, or do you think the super was helpful? It it really doesn't matter anymore. The only person who's bad at a longer race is VJ. Everyone else is better. Atkins is better. I'm better. Lars is definitely better. Josiah's yeah. better up until maybe a marathon. Um, and then like the list just keeps going down. Mark is better. Um, mm. I mean, who's, who's after that? Mark that Yeah. Like, like uh, Ryland Schladig. I don't know why we don't just run the halves all the time. That's like what we all do and what we, it's kind of what the at. ethics are. Right. And that's what that, and it's like, should it just be that then should, should we even have races like slow and where it just kind of like jumbles everything up? Well, I'm fine and with it, that if they just put obstacles in or, or else it's literally just a short track running race. Like it's like it finished the exact same way a 10 K road race would finish. I don't think so. Uh, Batchers just smoked VJ in a 5k. Which one? The Carlsbad 5k. Oh really? Yeah. Well, Batchers ran like 15, 20 something. And VJ was like 16. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I don't think that's a good showing for either one of them. Uh, ba- for Batras, it's like probably not in his heyday, but I mean like 15, 20 something for an OCR athlete, it's like pretty fast. Yeah, it's pretty fast, but like, I don't know. I don't, that's not like, that doesn't make up for, I mean, I, yeah, I, you have to be atrocious at carries and obstacles to have that. Like knot. VJ's just, VJ's a little bit better. Yeah. Right. Just a tiny bit of fraction. Yeah. And it makes a difference in those, in those like little races, at least and like the shorter ones. Yeah. But like, can you imagine how cool that race would have been if it was hard obstacles and a fast race? Like there would have been so many change-ups. instead it was like, Oh, there's four guys who all run fast and are like VJ's good at obstacles. The other ones are bad at obstacles. Oh, they're going the same speed because the obstacles don't matter. And then VJ pulled away on a carry. What should they do for like, the, cause I mean, Dude, the, just do double carries and then hard rigs and double carries should be a thing. Just like, the, instead of making a hundred foot wide wall, make four walls that are 25 feet wide. It's the same amount of work. Like mm. put, it's like Joe's thing. Build that wall. Like (laughs) (laughs) Um, the, the, but like for the obstacles, so like Savage, right. It gives you incentive to like do take risks. They do the Lachey deal. There's ways to kind of go things faster um, for the mandatory completion. So I think that does stifle the the penalty stifles, like the ability for athletes to really like take chances. The, the no. only two people who take chances at Spartan are me and VJ, and it's because the obstacles are so easy that it's not really a risk. Like, that you can, he, yeah. He and I went through Beater together at Big Bear, and I think he thought he was going to, like, sort of show me up because we both jumped to the first Beater, and then we lashed to the last one. And we did it at the same time, and it was, like, really cool. But we were, both, cool. we were both like, that's it. That's, like, the hardest thing they have, and... We just made a joke of it. It literally took two seconds. Like if you add up all the time it takes to do all the obstacles at Spartan, it's less than a minute. And then you have carries. Yeah. And that's what separates Spartan right now. Like Savage has that carry, but it's like. It's a joke. I'm, yeah, I, mean, get, it, I say, I say it's a joke, but Riker put like 30 minutes or 30 seconds into me at this last one on it. So yeah. How do you bust your ass like that? What happened there? Cause oh, you're good was, at carries. I was fully cracked. No, I was good oh. at carries last year. I, I'm like pretty good at carries now, but I was good at carries like two years ago. Not so good now because we don't do double carries anymore. So what's the point? <laughs> will you, will you practice or will you just like, no, tough it out on the day of, I used to do a bunch of lunges. Maybe I should get back to that. But again, we don't do double carry, so what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like they're standardizing know. it in like the easiest option. It'd be like if you were to be like, okay, we're going to do steeplechase and we've decided some new rules where we just put everything eight inches off the ground. Um, <laughs> I hope you guys like it. I know, we've always appreciated your support, but uh, yeah, now we're going to put them eight inches off the ground. No, no, we we think you can beat all the guys who are just pure track runners and not steeplechasers. <laughs> right, the five k guys won't be better than you. Better than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they will be inconvenienced for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, you should go to Mexico anyway. But like, do you think the <laughs> do you think the exposure that you could get for something like that would be beneficial for your uh, athletic career. 
No. Like going to, you don't think so at this point? No. I mean, I honestly think that Spartan is like a dead zone as far as athletic careers go right now. Like there's not really a future in it. Like Atkins does, he's like excited about everything but Spartan racing. Like Lindsay's excited about everything but Spartan racing. Um, like the, the new blood we get into the sport is exclusively doing it because they think they can beat Ryan and Lindsay. Like it's not an inspiring sport right now because there's nothing like mind blowing about it. You're just like, Oh, I go do some elementary school obstacles and then that's it. Like, okay. So, so I just go back to running and like, if I'm just going to go back to running, why don't I just trail run? Because that's what's fun and like makes people have more fun. I don't know. Yeah. I don't either. Like, cause we are getting some younger there's a couple of good young kids coming in. Yeah, but like who are who are very fit. Yeah, but like what's the end game with them? Like there's obviously not a career anymore in obstacle racing. Like the only people who do it professionally are Atkins and Lindsay. BJ sort of does, but like his girlfriend's mom pays for a lot of stuff. And like I think over his entire career, he's maybe just broken zero recently. Like there's not much of a career. Like I've probably net profited more money than he has. Hmm. So we're, we're, what's going to happen then? Like, cause I there's going to be <laughs> that. Cause I think eventually this, this is going to like, I think like the, eventually the, Spartan is going to just not have pros. Anyway, we're not going to have elite. And they're just gonna be like, this isn't worth it. This isn't what we're making money anyway. Let's just like, let's get, let's get rid of these people. They're, they're, not really they're more, well, they're, more of a they're pain. just all pissed <laughs> off like like look yeah. at all of them they just like even atkins and Lindsay, like they get money to go to these races and even they're complaining about them like like process that like they begrudgingly signed a contract and then they were like well this still fucking sucks like and i'm getting paid to be here everything's paid and like i had to come to this this fucking weekend like are you kidding me yeah, like, I mean, it's got to be getting old for them. They've just been crushing for so long, but yeah, it's paying. But like, it's but it's paying them. It's, it's paying, paying them, out for them but too. that's because yeah. it's been like they're like grandfathered into getting paid for doing OCR, and mm-hmm. like they also have other outlets now. Like Ryan mm-hmm. rides bikes and runs and does cool mountain stuff, and Lindsay does sky races now. Yeah, like, I, I would imagine. I would imagine if they did this, if they like actually retired the next best person who comes up say it is vj or whatever probably wouldn't get the same type of treatment they probably no like, no right. he he wouldn't be paid as much and then the next two people down wouldn't get paid as much as vj and then once vj like hurts himself or something and gets like kicked out effectively of the sponsorship pool it just gets mm-hmm. less and less like the only way mm-hmm. to to like stop that cycle is to like change what they're doing and the only way to do that is to like admit that they were wrong or like start treating happen. people better. And that's not going to like, neither one also of those gonna is going to happen. <laughs> Cause like, dude, look at, look at the media coverage money. That's that they've used uh, in 2019 or 2018. It was a hundred thousand dollars per race to create the, to like shoot everything and create the media. To, and then, in 2019, it got cut down a little bit. 
in 2020 it was, or sorry 2019 it was five thousand dollars so it went from a hundred thousand dollars in 2018 <laughs> to five thousand dollars in rabbits so pe- people with iphones live streaming it on facebook um 2020 let's say it was the COVID year 2021 it was down to two thousand dollars this year they have zero dollars allocated other than having david Magida show up and stand and jack bauer jack's out there did they pay him i don't know i didn't ask him i don't know and and he he wasn't supposed to be a rabbit when he was there they asked him last minute and they asked david Magida the rabbit last minute um so they literally had zero dollars allocated to media so like the trajectory is not good and that's the thing right it's like if that does if they do cut it off if they're like all right elites they have to do something else well they're they're starting they don't even do voiceovers anymore like they don't even have magita show up afterwards and be like and they have here they did that for for slow they did that for slow (laughs) but they didn't do it for big bear i think the big bear coverage got like actually fucked up like the actual like video part i was told beforehand they weren't gonna do it <laughs> well they didn't do it remember they didn't do it for uh jacksonville 2020 and they didn't do it for utah 2021 and it was just like Dude, what are it, we watching like, <laughs> like what, are we, what is this like if, if you charted it it would be like a bell curve except like instead of like flattening out near the bottom it would just be like cratering into the into <laughs> the x-axis yeah <laughs> the um the so like if that happens right oh so they're cutting it off say that they're, it's already it's not happened <laughs> it's hap- it's like a rubber band like they're they're applying rubber bands tighter and tighter they're getting they're popping it off okay but because they still have the protein, they still are paying out money, right? That's what I'm saying. There's still like a little bit of incentive to do these races. They have a series that they put more money into for the top, like we talked about. So they still are like having elite racers around. Right? So everyone on tier one, the one that gets paid aside from having lodging paid for, uh, received a, an email and a letter that said that don't expect to be paid um <laughs> literally this was last week it's like uh remember that thing we told you never mind. well they've done that before so but like yeah yeah but this is like stuff that's like legally binding contract that we told you it, it like it was a fraction of what it was and it was like so easy for us to pay and we're not even gonna pay that like that's how bad it is all right so they've cut everybody off. Okay. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm, now we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now, so like, is there a a place where, uh, like, someone else comes in, so a different company comes in, or, or or someone that does see the value in the athletes? And that's kind of back to the question I said before. Like, are there is there value with the athletes who are who do exist in this space for? there to be some sort of professional outlet or semi-professional outlet. I, I never really thought this was a professional outlet at, in the first place. Like, I think it's, it's yeah. pretty nice that some people were able to do it at all. Yes. Um, Agreed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, that's what things Spartan did. It seems like they did it the opposite way. They started, it's like, let's pretend this is a legitimate sport and pay people who are then pros before it's yeah. actually thing that people want to see. Right. So yes. we're not, and then once they realize, like, oh, maybe people don't necessarily want to see this, or they didn't do a good job of like figuring out how to show it. 
um, then they started to kind of back away. So do you think that there's a way to show this, to make it appealing or to, or, or are like to have the athletes be valuable to, cause the athletes are here, right? There's a huge pool of people to fill like that type of space. If somebody could figure out how to do it, do you think that's possible? I mean, I think it's possible. I think like, uh, a, a, I mean, I've thought about this a lot and come to obviously no good conclusion. Cause I don't think there is like an obvious answer, but uh, I don't know, like making things people want to see, like, I don't want to see somebody just grinding up a hill of like two minutes in front of the next guy. Like I'd like to see like Josiah get stopped by an obstacle and like, mm. you know, like, I don't, it, it just leads back to me thinking that obstacles should be harder. But at the same time, I, I've repeatedly thought that they should have like, uh, like themed courses, essentially, like do a series that's either like the, the stadium sprint, super beast ultra, like do a series with that, um, mm -hmm. and do like your total time, because obviously you can fucking eat away at that in an ultra or like do placement. Sure. Why not? Um, mm -hmm. or, or better yet do a, like a series that's based on like speed, strength, um, endurance and like obstacle ability, like have four or five races that are based on like various strengths. And then like, sure. You see Mark Battress like crush it in a speedy race and then he falls apart in the strength and obstacle one. Like how cool would that be to like see the leaderboard literally like flip, Instead of just being like, oh, yeah, look at Atkins stretched it out again. Don't know mm -hmm. how that happened when we had the exact same race at the exact same altitude at the exact same venue. <laughs> third race in a row. Right. Yeah, I, I think that that would that would be interesting, right? Like different different courses, essentially having a stadium be part of this national series, you know? Yeah. Though so a DECA fit in the mix, you know, see, yeah, see how it. it goes. I don't care. Um, and... What? Like, like, like that? The, it, it seems like the Spartan games worked out pretty well for them. And that's exactly what it was. It was like, go fucking do this thing you've never done. And you're really bad at. And it's like, okay, I, mm -hmm. I'm now wrestling apparently, which is a terrible example and they should never wrestle. But, no. uh, <laughs> but like swimming, like, like that was interesting. Cause I was like, well, I swam in middle school and this guy claims to be a really good swimmer. And, oh, Look, I beat him, but then I got beat by this other guy I've never heard of. So, I don't know. Oh, that, that, that like, was that's right. The swimmer. There was like a guy who did well in one event. And there was yeah. a swimmer guy, right? <laughs> he Jared, like didn't even Jared. want to wrestle. He's like, oh, I'm not wrestling. I'm, Olympic I'm triathlete. He was awesome. Yeah, I love yeah, Jared. Yeah. He was my bunk mate. Um, it would be like two o'clock in the morning, and I'd look over, and he'd be wide awake. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, what am I doing here? This is not what I thought. Then, um, so something like that. Yeah, that'd be interesting, right? Because then it would be a little bit. I think that was, I mean, you could argue that was the, the idea with the national series for, for like, you know, like a Jacksonville and then. Yeah. And it, and it uh, worked. Okay. It worked. Okay. Like, like it, it yeah. wasn't atrocious. Like it wasn't the best because like they were all pretty similar races, but they still had like the course designers had freedom to like make fucking kind of weird shit. Like yeah. slightly harder rigs or make really long twisters or, like mm -hmm. the the most commented on thing that I have ever done is the like monkey bar twister monkey bar thing in Tahoe. At Tahoe, and, like yeah. it gets brought up every time. I'm like, hey, does anyone want to see obstacles? They're like, I want to see that monkey twister monkey thing. And like, 
that was one of the longest rigs Spartans ever done. And like, it's iconic. And like, that's cool. Or like mm. do a fucking sandbag that goes to the fucking top of the mountain and back. Like, <laughs> well, that's, that was Palmer. Well, you didn't, did you do Palmer when it was double sandbag? I think the year you came was only single, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I do remember the year we both did it, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah, I, I think, think it was, it was a single. I oh, was I don't know. Day. Either way. Well, like stuff like that, right? That's what people yeah. come for. They come for like, this is going to be ridiculous. Like this is going to um, blow your mind. You're going to carry fucking a hundred pounds for a really long time. Or like, you're going to like swing through this thing for a really long time. But instead of making it impossible, like maybe give them on it. Like in, in Europe they have, uh, there's basically a hard lane and an easy lane and the hard mm. lane, if you're really good at it, let's say it's like a hanging rig and it's really hard. It takes you 10 seconds. The easy lane is then a rig into a couple really annoying walls and it takes you 25 seconds and it mm -hmm. probably takes more energy out of you. That's really cool because it like rewards skill, but it doesn't absolutely destroy your race if you can't do the hard thing. Mm -hmm. Like that's awesome. I think that's like really cool to watch. That was the uh, un the um, uh, the idea behind Underdog, right? The Matt Kempson obstacle. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah, I think like how which, you went under I it. I can I can literally do that in like half a second, and it takes other people three minutes. Like yeah, it's like kind that's of that's a cool obstacle. Cargo. Right. So so you're kind and of not like hard the, oh. to engineer. It's pretty freaking easy. <laughs> right. It was when you look at it, like it was very simple what it looked like. Yeah. Um. So basically, you're saying like the bones of Spartan, you think can? I think it could maybe prop like, up a sport. I think they like <laughs> to, individually have like the right things just like placed so incorrectly that it's baffling. You're like, why, why would you make the, the short race even easier and make the ultra race so hard that people can't do it? Like it's already hard. It's long. Like it's right. Like, you, you don't need a super long rig because these people are running for 10 hours. Like e even from like a ticket selling standpoint, that doesn't make sense. No, it's catered to the open waivers, right? Like the like uh, a sprint needs to be all rings because it's a three mile distance, and people who aren't ready yeah. for anything, they're like they'll sign up for the short one. It's um, an inflatable five k. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that that what would, like do you think like a like what would a savage race look like on Big Bear? Like, do it you think that's ultimately sick? <laughs> yeah, do you think that's ultimately like what it should be? Because I mean, Savage is interesting too because it's almost it's very fast running, right? But like super technical. Yeah. Obstacles. So I mean, I've said this, and like I I do think that the Savage courses are like really fun, but they're all pretty similar. Yeah. Um, like like as far as the like actual venue goes, um, the the Georgia one was freaking awesome. It was like flat running and then you were like oh my god i'm like on the side of a mountain and then it was like oh flat running again so like that was really cool the one we just did in maryland it was like pretty buffed out and then you were in a field and then it was like mm -hmm. pretty buffed out um and then like dade city I, I mean i think they're like great courses to run races on because the footing's good um mm -hmm. and the obstacles are hard so like it it like 
lends itself pretty well to like fast runners who are bad at obstacles and people who are like good at obstacles and bad at running, which is, was me in, in February. It's like, that was a pretty fair obstacle course in my opinion, because Mm. like I was being beaten by a bunch of runners and then I like barely beat a bunch of runners. (laughs) And that's that you'll see that in the women's races a lot more, right? Like that there'll be like kind of chokes at these where, but the men's races now, like everyone kind of do them and it's kind of a foot race at this point now. Yeah. You see guys like Alvaro and and Sean Roberts, like they're the fastest dudes out there. Which I I don't know. Sarah Sarah will probably cringe in the other room, and like any female will probably cringe when they hear this. But uh, <laughs> but like <laughs> the 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 men's race and the women's race, like the the depth of field in the women's race, and like the and the depth of field in the men's race, and the obstacle ability in the men's race, and the obstacle ability in the women's race is different. Like, they don't Mm. give us the same sandbag at Spartan for a reason, and that's because I weigh 160 to 170 pounds, and some of the females weigh 90 pounds. Like, like maybe we can't do all the same obstacles. Some of of those girls can, and some of them are super freaking good, but, like, the bulk of them are not, so maybe we shouldn't have the same exact obstacles all the time. Like that's and, and, that's my and problem we probably that. shouldn't have open wave in there as well. Like, I mean, some some of the girls are four foot eight. Like, they can't do a eight foot wall. Like, they shouldn't no. have to burpee an eight foot wall. That was mm-hmm. like that's a stupid obstacle to put in a women's race. Like, mm-hmm. like Mir- Miranda at Savage struggles to get over the wall because she's she's short, like using she, her fingertips to like get in the cracks and to get up yeah, over. She gets she part, does it. That's partly her fault though because she refuses to jump but like <laughs> to to my point uh like like they're, they're catering to the the lowest skill denominator they're catering to an open waiver who has never done an obstacle race in their life and they want them to complete it and feel good instead of Spartan. Like, yeah yeah instead We're... of catering to what is hopefully professional athletes who are training for a sport that doesn't exist like it should be US. different. It should be a completely different thing. Yeah. yeah. It should be a different, like, like a different course. Like they're making inflatable five Ks for people who like have been training for something significantly more serious than an inflatable five K. Like a 14, 15 guy going to a color run, just yeah. smashing through it. Like I, I literally think that VJ would win an inflatable five K with like, like because he's been training for American obstacle course racing. Like, yeah. like maybe he would beat me there because I don't know, because he's worse at obstacles than me, but maybe he's not. <laughs> Could you beat him in the three K? Will you be at OCR world champs? Yeah. That's gotta I'll be, be a race, OCR right? World champs. I don't know. Yeah. If, uh, I don't know if I'll do the three K. I probably will. I mean, I like racing, so I'll probably be yeah. like, fuck it. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. You will. Same as Mexico. Are you gonna, but Ohio savage. That's yeah, supposed to be I'll, a, a I'll, hard course. I'll be there for sure. Uh, it's not a very big hill, but I'm into it. I think they, I think they send you up a couple times. I think like you're in and it's supposed to be the hilliest savage. Yeah, which is still not that hilly, but it's, I know. <laughs> it, it should be really good. <laughs> so what would you have to do to beat Kempson in a savage? Like he, you did run beat down, him. Run downhill faster and like have my shit together on the start line. Hmm. So in the race that you, the race that you beat him, you, you just kind of like hung around and he made a mistake. Do you think that uh, would happen again? 
that race, everything went wrong for pretty much everyone. Basically. Oh, right. Everyone's off course. Kempson got like 10 seconds on me on like a running downhill section. And then I just like came to a standstill in like the middle of a ravine because I couldn't see anything. And then the next eight people caught up while I stood there being like, Uh, where the fuck do we go? Right. Um, and so I lost. He got off course too, though, right? Uh, so, no, not really. I I not lost much. about a minute. He said that he was like getting confused, leaving obstacles, but I caught him on the running. I didn't catch him on the obstacles. I didn't uh, like. Oh. Like I guess I, you were close by the by the yeah, rig. So I, I, was rigging I the literally poles. lost a minute, and then he had probably thirty seconds on me at pedal to the metal, which was like three, two or three miles to go, and then I like caught him running before the rig or like he, he had about 10, 15 seconds on me hitting the rig. So I think even had he gotten through the rig first try, I probably would have still beaten him. So if you're just like engaged in the race and able to just hang with them going down, like whatever Hills they're going to be pretty much. I beat him in big bear. Yeah, I know. So, I don't know. Take it to him. Cause you're, you're third. Alvaro has a, sh- like if, your worst finish that's sixth is hard. That's six I is fucked tough. up pretty big time. Yeah. yeah. The, no, no. He needs to get a third to beat me, I think. So if, 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 if I was to win Ohio, I think he needs to get third to beat me. Yeah, because he was a point behind yeah. me, and then I got sixth. So fourth would tie him, I believe. If, 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 he, if you won, he got fourth, which is yeah. possible. Yeah, but Kemp, yeah, it's but, definitely possible. It's unlikely. But Kempson getting seventh. Yeah, because Sean is better off trail than Alvaro, and Woodsy's going to go to Ohio, and he's better. Oh, nice. I, and I then, think he's it, better than Sean and Alvaro both. So you'd imagine. And if if like you can throw in some wild cards, like I don't know if Logan's going, but Logan shows yeah. up for races in Ohio. He's, he said he might go. Yeah. Yeah, next, that could shake it up. Yeah. <laughs> push push you, everyone you, further back. You need people like that to come in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you still have a shot. Which third place guy is that? A thousand? No, second. The series. Honestly, uh, I I love Savage this year, and I'm happy for the love. putting it on. And it's because I love them. But if they they need to put more money in a four or five race series, so mm-hmm. when I saw that money come out, I said, like, uh, I mean, it's good that they had it, and I like that the. The time frame makes sense too, right? It's, it's like it's good that they did anything to like show Spartan yes. that we're willing to spite them. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's not very much money. the 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 sneaky ticket is to get a uh, podium bonus from a sponsor. That's mm. the way. Yeah, from, that's from the smart Saturday way to Bruin. do it. That, Pro tip, if you want to get sponsored, uh, offer up podium bonuses and people are significantly more likely to pay it because you're it's ch- There's a getting... chance they might not. Yeah, because like in all likelihood, you're going to fuck something up and not get <laughs> You might get sixth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm excited to see you there. I hope to see you at some of the Spartan stuff because it was good seeing you back out there and, and mixing it up, especially with the fitness coming back around. Yeah, where um, are you going to be next? I have some time down like that. The uh, high rocks was just two weeks ago. I might just not do another OCR event ever again. I like the idea of Kelowna. I like that kind of course. You're proving my point. <laughs> well, this is, th- this is, 
Yeah. I mean, but this is definitely more my speed anyway. If this, yeah. if OCR, if the hybrid existed at the same time as OCR, like when I started, like whatever, when it came in my radar in like 2013, yep. I, I thought OCR was hybrid racing when I started it. And it's fucking not. It is it's just, not. it's trail running yeah. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and like strong hands, you know? And uh, that's not what I thought it was. Um, but there's, will you do Kelowna? Yeah, I'll, I'll almost certainly do Kelowna. It's a not altitude course on hopefully technical trails on hills or mountains. So, and it could, and it could be dry, right? That climate there. Yeah. I mean, word to the wise, there's no point in doing the Spartan series unless you can get top two. It, just show up at Kelowna, which has way more money and do well mm -hmm. there. That's my yeah. Kempson's plan. So <laughs> you guys have both done well at North American championships before. Like was, was he third the year you were fourth? Or were yes. you fifth? You were fifth one year. I'm not sure, but that was 2019 probably. Yeah. I thought you were fifth. I mean, in that that, race. that's it. Yeah. That was in West Virginia and I'm rarely that happy to be there. It's a good course. Like it's a great Virginia. course. That's actually a super fair course. I think of all it the is. courses that like should be like people should like think of world championship style course. Like that's the most fair course you could find. Agreed. Mountain course, technical terrain, some flat, sea level. I'm it's hoping not a mountain Columbus course at all. Like no climb well, is more than two hundred feet. It's perfect. What do you gain? Like you can gain like oh, three. but you gain a lot. Yeah. But like a lot of the, most of the descending is on fire roads. So it's like pretty good for a speedy racer. Like you're right. probably faster down those hills than I am because I can't <laughs> happily run for a 30 pace. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that, that is what I like about that course. That's what I'm hoping for Kelowna. If that, but you're thinking it's going to be a little bit more technical and mountainous. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty close. I mean, it's like on the water. Those like, if it's anything like Squamish, it'll be kind of rooty and soily. Mm -hmm. so we'll definitely see you there um and then oh yeah so i so for me i uh i don't know <laughs> i was thinking Kelowna because i like that idea of that course but i have to do a spartan before and i'm not really trying to pay for a spartan race there's this there's a colorado springs one in like two weeks and i don't really want to do it yeah see it's not worth it it's like it would be expensive um it's super expensive yeah. <laughs> so although, I know, although maybe maybe you qualified because uh sarah ran sarah what race did we just run she ran the big bear super and uh she just qualified for the ultra world championships with the big bear <laughs> super so maybe you qualified for the north american championships will she do that the no fuck no, no? i won't let her no sarah will you do that race no, she won't do it. She'll do like a real trail running race. No, yeah, she's no. doing a CCC. Although oh. I don't want her to do that either because I'm an overbearing boyfriend. <laughs> Will you do the ultra this year? No, fuck no. Yeah, it's no? also also not worth the money. I mean, it's like yeah, it's just not even worth it to be part of the Spartan machine to 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 do those races. Like it's eight grand for like possibly ruining your body at altitude yeah. on service like roads for 24 hours. Like if you're going to do that and you're going to be good at it, you might as well go to Leadville or hard rock or any mm, other yeah. ultra and have fun and like not have to deal with Spartan and you'll 
like you won't get paid at those trail races, but you'll know that beforehand because you won't get paid at Ultra Champs for at least six to eight months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, right? You can go like like Marquette could go to like he can't win Leadville. He could win, win Leadville. Worlds. I think he could win Leadville. I think he's very good exactly. at altitude. Yeah, yeah, and he's, look, he's dude, nasty. look at he's Chad Fermel. He's coming from Anchorage, and he fucking did great at Leadville. I think Mark could do super well. Yeah, I'm interested to see how he does. I think he's planning on doing Tahoe. Is Atkins going to do it this year for that? Tahoe? The Ultra Champs? Yeah. I can't imagine he would. It's a waste no. of time for him, too. It's a waste of time for pretty much everyone. I don't know if Miguel's doing it, either. I haven't heard. So some time. Um, sorry, we'll see you somewhere. Sorry to be such a downer. Um, <laughs> I was I was trying I was trying to get it get to, I was trying to get you to go to Spartan. We'll see you at a Spartan. We'll see you somewhere. The I'll trifecta somewhere. world championship or something. You'll right? see me at Savage Ohio. Savage Ohio <laughs> for sure. That's like three weeks from now. So all right, dude. Oh Ron, appreciate you popping on. Super fun. So um yeah. yeah, man. So I'll link to your hey. socials and the whole deal. Talk to you and again in two years. Sounds good, man. <laughs> How did you do it, Hyrule?